1: no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Will Mavity's interview with the writer and director for Shiva Baby, Emma Seligman. I think it's really great to like support females, particularly um, female entrepreneurs. Cool. In the future. <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Danielle! Don't Danielle! Please, Sonia! Morris here and her daughter Stephanie. Jessica. Whatever. You should really talk to her, you know? No. It's just a job.
1: Hi, Hi. Hi mom. You. I'm so sorry for oh, your no. loss. No funny business with Maya.
0: Thank you. You think
1: everyone that's by is experimenting? You have zero gaydar. Excuse me, kid. I lived through New York in the 80s. My gaydar is strong as a bull. You can't just like show up to like the after party for a Shiva and like reap the benefits of the buffet. She lost so much weight. Yeah. You think she has an eating disorder? I was a Major, again.
0: Sweetheart, feminism isn't exactly what I call a career. It's not you know? my career,
1: it's a lens. <laughs> Max worked for your father years ago. Really? Just try to behave yourself today. I'm not gonna blow him in the bathroom. Why do you keep looking over there? Hi. I'm Kim Beckett. I don't think she's pretty. Malibu Barbie is not pretty. I mean, she's just, like, basic. You are such a good kid. Danielle! Danielle. Look at this. Oh, my god. Are you on drugs? <laughs> oh, Just kidding. <laughs> is she OK? I already have a plan and a path, so. So you just study and, uh... <laughs> eat and go out with your beautiful friends is that it is that your life yeah huh. yes that's my life Wow, well, lucky you
0: mom. Mom, mom, mom who died this is a fantastic little film uh tell me a little bit about how you managed to take this from a pretty small short film and get it financed and transformed into a feature in the first place. Like, tell me about that journey.
1: Yeah, that was the journey. Um, it was very anxiety inducing and, um, difficult. And I, me and my producers didn't have a life for three years, um, <laughs> or two years. Um, the incredible Katie Schiller, Kieran Altman, and Lizzie Shapiro. Um, well I you know I had success with the short at South by Southwest in 2018 and I felt like that I'd already been writing drafts of the feature, but I think that gave us a little bit of momentum um and then the three of us just sort of put our heads together and and thought that we'd be able to get it financed from like a production company that we'd we'd all collectively interned for like pretty much all of New York's indie indie production companies and um they all politely and kindly said no, but offered us good advice and and tried connecting us with other people. Um, so after a while we were like, well, i don't know what else to do. And um, our third producer, Lizzie Shapiro came on and she was just like, you just convince people who've never invested in film before to give you money. <laughs> so we really all just harassed everybody we knew and had ever met. We started with people who we thought had money new people who had money but then it just went down the line to like literally just anyone um <laughs> anyone who wanted to hang um so it ended up being like a large collection of small investments like a lot um and uh I think that's the way it often happens for first time indies but it, you don't really understand it until you're on the ground being like oh I just have to be shameless and just really annoying and and sort of cross boundaries with Every, everyone i know in my life um and all of us did that and so we sort of collected money over time um we had a couple eps who had experience but but only one of them came in at the end one of them there at the beginning uh gave us 50k she, she her name is Rhiannon jones and she does um she just does first time second time female uh filmmaker mm. projects and um once we had her we could go to everybody else who'd never done this in their life and was like um, this is a real producer. We're not just, tra- she didn't, we, we didn't find her off the street. She's real. Um, do you want to, do you want to help us? Um, so that's how we got it finance, which I feel like is the bigger, bigger question of like, how did it go from short to future? Um But I think all these other things helped along the way. Like once we started casting, we were able to sort of pick up the rest of the money slowly. And, you know, also we, the, we shot it in New York for like, you know, within the NYC, like, you know, stamp. So we didn't have to take anyone to set Mm. Um, we don't have to put anyone up, um, uh, except for Fred Malamed. um, we, we, you know, we shot it in one house, you know, I think just picking a story that's small in scope allows it to not be incredibly, it doesn't, it makes it so that it's not impossible to finance, you know, when it's, when it's small in scope that way. So yeah, that's sort of how it happened.
0: I was curious, is that, uh, somebody's house that helped you finance the film? I know in little films like this, usually the food and uh you know the set ends up being a favor from someone so is there a funny story behind all the locks in the house
1: uh, actually no that was a house we found off airbnb we did ask everyone we knew but it's funny just because we're all like 20 we at the time we were 23 turning 24 and we we didn't know anyone who owned like a house in new york you know what i mean <laughs> none of us were from there we had some people who we were like new jersey but then it became another like tax credit situation so we were like really trying to find somewhere in new york um Um, so we didn't have to legally have to put anyone up. Um, so we found that place off Airbnb and it was like a miracle, magical connection of crazy things. We looked at so many places and they either didn't look right or they looked okay, but didn't have enough holding. Like we were also looking for a house that like could fit like, you know, the actors in different rooms and like, you know, have good staging area for all the equipment. And also like you know just stuff like that and then it also like just looked gorgeous and the homeowners were like you want to shoot in our house like that's crazy and we were like oh my god like a yes And we're gonna try our best not to destroy it um because that's how it works you know when you're trying to shoot a movie um so yeah no it, that wasn't a favor but it felt like a blessing for
0: sure Okay, so uh, one thing I was curious about is your lead actress is not in fact Jewish and Mm -hmm. Diana Agron, who's referred to as the Shigsa in the film is. So tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit about the decision to cast uh, a non-Jewish actress in lead role and then have uh, Agron on the other hand, you know, representing the opposite of
1: that. (laughs) yeah um well i don't think it was such a deliberate choice when it's put that way i mean rachel was in the short film um that this is based on and there was just no way i wasn't going to have her in the future i felt like she made it so much her own but then also she became so invested in seeing the feature be made and constantly checked in and you know helped me with my goals and like asked me how i was doing and where things were going and how she could help she helped try to finance it as well so I just felt like there was no way I couldn't have Rachel, but knowing that she's the lead and she's not Jewish made it feel really important to me that we cast as many other Jewish actors as possible, um, even in non-Jewish roles. So I think that it just felt important to me for authenticity to like have Jewish energy on set. Um, and Diana was like so excited because she was like, I never get to be in Jewish movies. So even though her role isn't technically Jewish, she was just like, this feels so special for me. My grandma will be so happy I'm doing this. I think, I think your grandma <laughs> passed away. So she was like, she'll listen down. She's looking down being like, you did it. Cause I think Diana's played a nun like three times at this point. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was thinking she's a novice avid- <laughs> too.
1: You know? Yeah. So she's like, yeah, this feels better. This feels more accurate to my <laughs> sort of vibe. So yeah. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Uh, so tell me how you got some of the bigger name actors in here, like Fred Malamat, as you mentioned.
1: Yeah, um, we worked with an incredible casting director, Kate Geller. Um, she has been doing this for a while. She worked at a casting agency forever, but she was sort of breaking out into her own casting agent agency that she was starting. Um, and I think she was okay with taking on little projects that she believed in that she thought she could really put a stamp on. And clearly she did. Um, with this, um, you know, we, everyone's always like, how did you get them? Like, did you pay them a million dollars? And I'm (laughs) like, no, um, I think I was sort of shocked to learn that, especially in the summer, especially if you can squeeze in their schedule, like into a few days here and there, bigger actors want to work on stuff they care about, or they have a connection to. Um, and Kate was really, smart about trying to choose new york actors it wasn't hard for them to get there um who were jewish or had a connection to judaism or the jewish theater scene or something um and who were material driven and cared about making indies and cared about supporting artists um so we just offered we just offered to literally everybody except for um some of the smaller roles that we auditioned yeah. for um some of the some of the middle-aged women uh, except for jackie hoffman she only has a few lines but I definitely offered that to her. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, but yeah, we just offered and people either said yes or no, and everyone who's in it said yes. Um, and it was that it was that easy. Fred said yes without even meeting me um and was like, okay, I didn't meet him until we were about to shoot his first scene, like two yeah. minutes before. But Diana and Molly um were like, okay, I just want to get coffee with you first to make sure you're a normal person and see what you <laughs> look like. Um you know, so then, yeah, it was, it was pretty simple. Uh, Polly's the only person who, like, was supposed to play another role, and she, like, because she's not Jewish, I was, like, really holding out for a Jewish actress to play the mom, but she's married to a Jew, so it's not a world that's totally unfamiliar to her, and she just sort of, like, wiggled her way in there, and, like, uh, when I got coffee with her, she just convinced me to give her the role, and, my casting director and producer were so mad because I we had an offer out to someone else and she was like this role was meant for me and I was like oh my god okay (laughs) she's a force that woman um so yeah that's that's how we got everybody
0: you mentioned that it was New York in the summer um in a kind of cramped house I'm assuming that got very hot and unpleasant there any fun stories about just production nightmares of like being in like a humid, uh, humid, hot place like that.
1: Um, yeah, the whole thing was a nightmare, but thankfully I didn't deal with it. I was my incredible producers that overnight I would be like, oh, there's an AC there now. Oh, okay, there seems to be a system <laughs> set up here. They just sort of kept me out of it. But Fred was like, it's too hot. And he he when he accepted the role, he was trying to figure out where we were shooting and whatever, and he goes, just so you know, I've done plenty of Indies in my time in New York, in the summer it gets hot. And we were like, we've got it. We bought like four ACs for the whole house. Um, we had to buy more and we just returned them all after. And basically it was tough because we had holding for the actors upstairs, but most of the time, like all these lighting setups would be blocking the stairs and the actors didn't want to have to like go up and down the stairs. So we ended up, um, creating a little holding room, um, out of, um, what appears to be like the kid's room in the movie. We only shot one scene in that room, uh, you know, at the, at, on the first day. And then after that, once Fred was like, it's too hot, I'm leaving. It's going to you don't fix this. <laughs> um, I think my producers just figured out a way to like put four ACs in this front room so that in, in sort of an enclosed porch. So it's all glass. So you can see through it. And it, the windows would start to frost because it was so hot where the crew was and where the cast was like hanging out was like, so cold by comparison um so my producers did it and figured it out but it was it was a learning experience because at first you know each department because it's so cramped had its shit kind of everywhere like it was like okay like the you know camera like wheelie thing is there and then like you know some production design stuff sort of scattered every time we cleared out a room and went into another one like stuff was always in the way and then sort of overnight I felt really grateful that Katie and Kieran and Lizzie specifically Kieran was like here's our system. Um, So yeah, but not not, even once we figured it out, it was hot and cramped and sweaty and tough. But you know, (laughs) make do. Okay,
0: so and I'm sure that added to one of the things I'm most interested in the film, which is that it is insanely anxiety inducing, like more than any horror film (laughs) I can think of in recent memory. So tell me a little bit about the camera techniques, the editing and the score that you employed to make me want to flee when watching this in a good way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, well, thank you. Um, I think I just focused on um, sort of anxiety-inducing movies. I didn't even think about horror movies just because I didn't think about that. I was like, oh, that's what a horror movie is, anxiety-inducing, but I'm not a horror movie stan, so mm-hmm. I just didn't... I focused on Krisha, which is, um, you know, Trey Edward Schultz's first film, also based off the short. There were just so many comparisons that I was like, how did he keep us in one house in one day and not have us be like, I'm bored, you know? So... <laughs> I looked to Kresia time and time again for every single stage for shooting, but also editing, music for for everything. Um, that was my main reference. Um, and then once I sort of honed in on Kresia, I started working with my DP and showing her Kresia, and she'd seen it before. And then I I showed her some claustrophobic shots from the Graduate, which already was a reference, sort of thematically and like, you know, sort of very sure. similar situations. Um, but fifty years ago. Um, and um, and then we just started showing each other anxiety movies like which are usually just psychological thrillers like Black Swan and um i watched Opening Night because it had a Shiva scene and i was like i wonder how Cassavetti shoots a Shiva scene but then i didn't take from that scene at all except from all these lobby scenes where everyone's talking really fast and the camera's like this and um it's all handheld and um so we just started going back and forth on those. And I think Maria understood what I wanted. And then she was like, let's do anamorphic lenses. And I'd never worked with them before. And she per- she chose these perfect ones that like curved the frame and made it feel anxiety inducing, but it didn't yeah. make it look like a fun house, you know? Um <laughs> like there there because cause then you have those and you're like, well, okay, yeah, like, it's not like not a fisheye. In- like Yeah, <laughs> the whole movie's fisheye. Um the whole oh, thing's a nightmare. God. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining it, it's horrible No, I mean we kind of had that in one scene but we got, I feel like we worked up we worked up to that level um, I hope um, so we we set the tone I think with, with cinematography, with Maria's work and then in the edit Hannah, our amazing editor just sucked the air out of it I think, you know, just making sure all the dialogue was overlapping that we didn't give Danielle one second to breathe and that any pauses and ums we just took right out and it went from being an hour and a half our first cut to 71 minutes because there were some moments and lines we cut, but a lot of it was just taking out any pauses. So that I think created um, (laughs) some of the anxiety. (laughs) I think so. I don't know. And then the score was just like the thing that I like didn't realize was, uh, gonna, I just didn't, I I originally didn't know we were going to have a score. I was like, eh, maybe, And then once we were shooting, I was like, oh no, we like need a score. This is going to be great. And then Ariel Marks is just such a genius. And I told her I wanted anxious strings, (laughs) whatever that means, anxious klezmer strings. And she was like, so a horror score. And I was like, I guess. And once again, I was like, I don't watch that many horror movies, nothing against them. I love horror movies. I just, I'm not like one of those horror movie nerds. which if you are, that's awesome. Um, so she was like, so you just want a horror score? And I was like, yeah, that makes sense when you put it that way. So that was how we came about the anxiety in every single stage. But I I did keep bringing it back to Cresha. I showed Ariel the Cresha score. I was like this, but strings. Um, she was like, well, this is pretty scary. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's how we did it.
0: Yeah, the the Carisha connection is wonderful. That movie also almost gave me an aneurysm, so uh, (laughs) that's a good one to pull from. Awesome. I think we're almost done, but before I go, have you decided what your next project's going to be?
1: Rachel Sennett, who plays Danielle, she's also an incredible comedian and writer on top of being a wonderful actor. So her and I have been writing a script for the last since we've made the short film for the last four years, that's um, a very campy, broad, um, like queer teen sex comedy. So it's very not Jewish, um, but more of Rachel's style of humor, which is which is much funnier and, and less uh, morbid um, than this movie. Uh, so that's been fun and I hope we can make that sound.
0: That sounds great. Well, I hope everyone enjoys this. this is, uh wonderful debut feature and i've been showing it off to everyone so i uh i'm glad you gave it to us thank you all right well thank you so much hey everyone thank you so much for listening to will Mavity's interview with the writer and director of shiva baby emma seligman here on the next best picture podcast you have been listening to the next best picture podcast we are proud to be part of the evergreen podcast network and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can let on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content plus. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.